Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. We're talking about our Every Nation mission statement. Oh, there we go. We exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. And so this is our Every Nation mission statement around the world. I think we're in 82 countries uh, at, at present and um, looking to plant churches in, in, in a, a number of other countries as well. But uh, each week we've been going through a different section of this mission statement. And today we're down to churches. So why do we plant churches? What is the thing about churches? Why as a movement do we focus on, on starting churches in new cities and, and new nations? Uh, why do we plant churches? And um, one of the reasons why, why we plant churches is because that's what God calls us to do. Um, here's our, our, our key, our theme scripture for today. It's from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. And the word says, So then you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, uh, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are, uh, Lord, just so honored that we as a church can be a dwelling place for you. That we can be your body, your, your representation here in Taipei. And that, Lord, we can come alongside you and join in your mission. Because, Lord, you're the one who really, um, you're the one who established and gave purpose to planting Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches according to your word, Lord God. You're the one who loves to reach the next generation. You're the one who's called us to go to every nation. And so, Father, today as we look into your word, unpack what it means to, to plant churches, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would open up the word to us. That, Lord God, you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, to each and every one of us. That, Father, as we hear your voice, through your word, our hearts would be changed and we'd become more like you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we had our, our global family gathering in South Africa this year and uh, four years, five years ago, five years ago, we were there in, in South Africa as well. Um, and uh, let's see, where is that? There we go. Huh? 2016? Seven years ago. Uh, seven years ago, we were in South Africa. My wife and I went on a safari, and, uh, and we saw these wild African dogs, and, and the, the guy who was leading the, the safari said, oh, that's, that, this is great. We don't always get to see them, the, um, these African dogs. And he was telling us about these wild African dogs, which are just little small things, you know, you think, uh, take them home, you know, um, take one home. But he says, they're actually... Um, <laughs> They're actually the most effective predators in Africa. Their kill rate is above lions or above leopards or cheetahs. 
even though they're smaller than them all, smaller than hyenas, wild dogs have the highest kill rate. And the reason why they're so successful as hunters is because they work together in packs. So they might be small, they're not the fastest, they're not the biggest, they're not the strongest, but they all just work together. And because they work together, they're able to have the most success in hunting. You know, you and I, were created to work together. Life doesn't work for us except together. That's always been God's intention. First, when he said, let's create mankind in our image. And he was talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we're actually created by a community to be a community. And so that's why we often talk about our, um, our church as spiritual family. We talk about every nation as our global family. And so when you come to church, if you feel like this is your church, then actually this is your spiritual family. So take a look around. Say hi to your long-lost cousins. <laughs> uh, you know, identify which is that cousin, the uncle that you always want to avoid. <laughs> There's always that one, you know. And say, okay, God told me that you're the one I especially have to love. Right? That's what God says. We go to the ones who are the outcasts, the ones that nobody else likes. That's who we love the most. Um, so, you know, if today a lot of people come up and say hi to you, it's, that's not the reason why. Just, but but let's look for people. When you come to church, some of you caught that. Um, well, when you come to church... It's meant to be a gathering of family. And so take time out. That's so why we love to, even in the middle of service, we just take time to, uh, to greet each other. Because it's like a family reunion after a week apart. And, and we want to make sure we take time to build relationally so that we are not only missionally create, uh, connected, but we all understand the purpose with, uh, with, on which we're working together, but we also are relationally connected. And then the third area, we want to be theologically corrected or our understanding of the Bible. We want to have a solid biblical foundation in what we do. And so today we're going to talk about churches. How, how do we get connected? What does a church look like? And so we'll go back to our, our um, key scripture. Um, let's go down to Ephesians chapter 19. There we go. It says, so then you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So when God calls us together, he calls us, number one, no longer strangers, strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens. Being a, an expat church, we understand citizenship and the penalties of not being citizens, right? When you've got to get visas and you're, you, you want to qualify for national health and these different things and say, well, he, you know, here's what you can and can't do. Um, and, and so there's, there's privileges to being a citizen of a country. And there's an identity that citizenship gives you as a nation. There's rules that you have to obey, but there's meant to be benefits that far outweigh, there always should be benefits that far outweigh the weight of responsibilities of being in a nation. But there are responsibilities as well. When it comes time to go to war, if that's your nation, you go to war. But we're also not just a nation, we're also family. And so as a church, we are both a nation, we have a mission, we have a purpose. There's a reason why we're created together, but we're also family. There's a, a relation and a connection that we have together. And so if that's not your experience yet, then 
then I want to encourage you to, to press in and as we go through the rest of how we become family, to just embrace the things that God says. This is what's going to help you become citizens. This is what's going to help you to understand the benefits of citizenship. It's going to help you take on the national identity. So it's going to help you take on the family identity and understand the family benefits and responsibilities that come with being a, a, a spiritual family together. And so as a church, we are God's nation and his family. So that's one of the ways that God describes church. All right. Just one other thought, actually, going back to this idea of God, nations and family, God's nation and family. You know, God always intended that we as a spiritual family and as a spiritual nation, our membership in, in that spiritual nation would transcend actually even our, the natural, our natural citizenship. And, and uh, it, it was, it was um, this, this week, the staff, uh, SLT, we were meeting with all, with all the rest of the East Asia SLT online. And um, one of the guys who actually helps oversee all of our churches around the world, uh, Kevin York, um, he was just speaking to us um, and talking about what, what healthy churches look like. But he was sharing some, some of the thoughts from our global conference that we had. And as a group of churches, we have a, a long history. Um, essentially, he said, he said, you know, everywhere where there's the, the wars that he's aware of that are actual conf uh, battles, uh, declared wars uh, between Azerbaijan and Armenia, in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia, and then now between Israel and, and Palestine. Uh, he said, in all those nations, those are places where we have uh, churches. And so we've got brothers and sisters in each and one of those places um, that are, and, and we're in the midst of those places of battle. And, and so our hearts are connected because we have family there and we're praying for them. And he said, our, as a spiritual family and as a part of God's kingdom, that kingdom transcends the natural kingdoms. And he, he referred to how in the, in the conference, when we were actually in the conference in October, when the war broke out. Uh, some of our members were actually there in, in the Middle East when the war broke out in, in Israel. Um, but we were all together in the, in the conference, and he happened to be sitting in front of our Palestinian um, uh, group, because people come from all the nations. And he said, didn't even know, we didn't even know that the war had broken out uh, and what was going on yet. Um, and, but then he said, this whole role behind me just began to weep, just uh, because that's their family there in Palestine. Um, and we work with uh, one of the churches there, which is actually connected to the, the hospital that, uh, that collapsed. Um, and so a lot of our pastors have been daily, just, we're, we're daily just, just calling and talking, but um, one of the gals, her, her dad is the, pa the pastor of the church in Palestine. And if you ever wanna feel really um, like a fish out of water, try being a Christian uh, in Palestine amongst the Muslims. Uh, you don't fit with the Jews, you don't fit with the Muslims, um, you don't really feel anywhere. Um, so we're just praying for them. And in those moments, you just recognize our kingdom, God's kingdom, transcends earthly kingdoms. Mm. And our assignment transcends national conflicts. Right. And this is an assignment that we as a church have. So even here in Taipei, we have an assignment from God that transcends politics that transcends culture. We say we have to bring the politics of 
of the, of, of the heavenly kingdom, which is the politics of love and the culture of heaven. And we live amongst, but we always have to recognize we have a role. I, always, I, I remember um, uh, I was with some in, in the States and U.S., uh, there's some uh, uh, military, I was with a military um, guy who was like special forces and um, did some amazing things. And so the pol political parties in the election year were all trying to get him to speak, inviting him to come and speak at their rallies and things, you know. And, and uh, so he was talking to, I was, I was talking to his mentor who was also in special forces and he said, so I just had to tell him, you know, as, as a special forces soldier, we, we have to transcend political parties. We don't work, work for one party or the other. We work for whoever is the president, whoever is, you know, and for us, we, we work for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we always have to remember that. In, uh, here it's not as bad, but in the US, you know, politics is so divisive and it's so easy to take sides. And we always have to remember we serve a higher king. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So that's, that's um, for free. All right, <laughs> a little side there. Um, going on, verses 20 and 21 says, built on, uh, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the, the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. And so we are God's house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the word of God that's gone before as well as those who, who minister the Word of God. Jesus being our chief cornerstone. He's our foundation. That's why we talk about being a Christ. Uh, the churches that we plant need to be Christ-centered and founded upon Christ. And really what we're doing, we, we talk about us as a church, one of our main things being discipleship. And discipleship really just means following Jesus, which you, when you break it down, just means that are we becoming like Jesus? And are we spending time with Jesus? And are we doing what Jesus did and what he's telling us to do? That's Christianity, that's discipleship, that's what uh, really it means to be God's house. Another thing it means to be God's house is that we need to create room for God. for Him to live in our house. Because it's so easy to, to, to do our Christian duty and to come to church and to live our lives and go to work and never make room for God to feel at home in His house. We are so busy with our own activities, greeting each other and you know, going about our days that we don't make room for God, for Him to feel like this is His house. You know, when you go into someone else's house, you don't just plop down and make yourself at home. Right? You're always aware that this is their house. Now, I always love when someone comes and says, hey, man, just make yourself at home. You know, in Hawaii, we say, make house. You know? mm -hmm. That means whatever you want on the refrigerator, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to sit or lie down, you just make yourself at home. Um, but, but we know that, that when it's God's house, that we need to honor Him in His house, that it's His rules, and the focus is on Him. And so more and more, we just want to, even in church sometimes, we can make our services and our, our activities so busy that we never really spend time to connect with God. And so Friday night, we had what we call encounter night, which is just our, our way of just saying, let's just spend some time connecting with God. 
and saying, God, you have room here to talk to us, to, to be with us. We want to focus on you and be aware of what you want to say. We're looking to the word of God. We want to spend time in worship. These are ways that the Bible says that God speaks to us. But mostly we're looking to say, God, what's, what's on your heart? And sometimes it's just meditation and we'll just, we'll, we'll just wait in, in silence. And sometimes we'll, we'll function in the spiritual gifts where, where people, what we, what we have, uh, especially the gift we call prophecy, which the Bible says is, is just really speaking what's on the heart of God. It's not fortune telling. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not speaking in place of God. But it's expressing what's on God's heart. And the Bible says it's always for edification, exhortation, and comfort. We generally don't get into correction and direction and fortune-telling. Um, but it was just so good to come together. And, and, and as people start to minister, you just see hearts being opened up. You see people getting encouraged. But it just takes time. It takes time to wait on God and say, God, what, what, do, you, what do you want to say? What do you want to speak to us out of your word? What do you want to speak to us out of your spirit? And so we just remember this is God's house. And we want to honor Him. We want to honor His word. We want to honor His spirit and let them speak to us. So church is God's house. Church is also Christ's body. So I love that, that, that not only do we create a space for God to inhabit us, to be here in His house. And, and when it talks about being God's house, it's both, both the Bible talks about us as individuals being a temple for God's spirit, but also corporately, the Bible talks about us being God's house. But also, we're God's body. In other words, Christ is formed in us. Scripture says it this way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. So how do we become the church? We just become more and more like Christ. So that's why we, we, we look into the Word and say, what does the Word teach us about who Jesus was and how He acted, and how He lived, and how He expects us to live? So we spend time studying about Jesus. We spend time with Jesus in, in the Word and in prayer. And we become like Christ, more and more like Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so just like a body, you know, like a, like a human body, and like any kind of a, a body, we, we grow, bodies grow. They don't pop out fully adults. We grow from eggs or little babies and, and we grow. And Christ is then, he's, he's formed in us, is, is the way the Bible says. And he's, when, when the Bible talks about Christ being formed in us or us becoming like Christ, it uses this word uh, metamorpho, which means like it's uh, the root word for metamorphosis or that tra the transformation. And so Christ being formed in us is a transformation. And it's the same word that they use to talk about, uh, there's, there's two uh, animals in the animal kingdom that, meta that metamorphosize. Is that the right word? I'll use zoologists. Uh, sounds like it. Uh, there's bullfrogs and butterflies. 
And the third is us, humans. We, we, we're supposed to be metamorphosed from, from our, our human flesh, having Christ formed or being metamorphosized into Christ, the body of Christ. Mm. So we're the third uh, uh, in the animal kingdom that metamorphoses. Um, but, but butterflies, you know, they just go from a little worm and then they're completely transformed mm. into a butterfly. And, and, and bullfrogs go from little tadpoles, and then they grow up to be bullfrogs. So you choose, you want to be a bullfrog or a butterfly? <laughs> I think bullfrogs got the short end of the deal. Um, but for us, it's, we, we, we're, we're to be completely transformed to be like Christ. And if you're like me, there's a lot of parts in me that, they, that need transforming. Like this, not at all like Christ, and not very lovely. Need to be changed. There's, there are parts in my life, even now, that still just need to be changed. And here's the secret. That's true of everybody in this room. All of us have parts where we are in process of being changed, which is why sometimes it just says, you know, love is patient. You know, we, we grow to that place. We're growing to be full of love. And we start from that posture of saying, I'm, I'm just, the Bible says, oh, no man, anything but love. So we come and saying, I got to love everybody who comes in the door. Yeah. Everybody I look around here, I owe everybody love. Yeah. Some maybe I owe some money, but all I owe love. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so, so this is, when you come to church, you just got to come prep to give out love because you owe people love. You owe, that's just the, what the Bible says. And some of the people that you, you're called to love are not going to be very lovable because we're still growing. We're still kind of in that worm caterpillar stage. There's parts of us that just haven't yet grown from tadpole to bullfrog. But that's what that's the beauty of the body of Christ, is that we're all in process together. And that's why we encourage each other. That's why we want to create a, a culture of love and encouragement here. Because we all need encouragement. Because we're all in that journey. And they're all the, we all have those days that we blow up. We always have those parts of us that are just critical and, and demeaning and get angry or feel insecure. The parts of us that just need change. But the great thing is that God is working with us. And as we work together, as each part does its own special work, that's how we trans are transformed. And so the truth is, you're, if you're a part of this house, if this is the, the, the body that God's put you in, you have a special work here. Each part has its work. And it won't be the same as someone else's work. So it's not a competition. You don't have to try to keep up or feel intimidated by someone else who seems more holy or more, more loving or more of a bullfrog than you. You, know? <laughs> you just have to do your part. And you just have to be in your stage of growth and transformation. Okay? So that, that's us. The body of Christ, we're growing. We're being changed. We each have a part to play. And, and the body of Christ will actually never become, we, we won't get to that butterfly stage without each of us finding the place that we, that we belong in. And so we're going to spend some time actually today a little bit for um, just going through that. Like, what, what is my role and how do I fit? 
All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. And so just real quickly, here's how the transformation takes place. They, and this is a story of, this is the, uh, um, the history of the first church, which was the model for all the rest of us that, to follow. It says devoted themselves, so there's a devotion that's required. In other words, coming to church is, is not just about what you get out of it. It's not meant to, church is not meant to be a consumer experience. Although God says, come, taste and see how good I am. And I don't know about you, but I love coming to church on Sundays and I love seeing people and smiling and, and greeting everybody. And it's always hard in that one you know, minute or two that we have greeting time. It's always hard to, you want to just kind of say hi to everybody. And then after church, it's just, you folks just stay here forever. So there's great things. The fellowship is great, but actually church is meant to be a place of our devotion where we're committed, where we're pursuing. And it says, here's the things. Number one, apostles' teaching, which means we just have to get, understand the Bible. Understand what does the Bible teach? And we want to help you do that. So actually, as a, every nation just printed up a book um, that has like, just our basic theology, um, the, the things we believe about Jesus and about God and about eternity and about the church, and about salvation and the gospel. And so um, we're going we're gonna to have a bunch of these printed out Someday, soon. <laughs> we got it. We, we have the stuff. We just actually have to print them out. Um, so before the end of the year and make these available, you know, so that we all start to just be theologically connected and understand and, and, and we'll devote ourselves to the basic tenets of faith that we as, as Christians around the world all agree to. Apostles, fellowship. And fellowship is more than just what we do like after church. But fellowship really means, it's this, this Greek word koinonia, which is a, a sharing of life. Of, it's, a, it's a partnership together. That it's actually like missional relationships. We're, we're, we're bonded together as family, but also as a nation. And so there's this fellowship together. Sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. There's just this deeper communion and prayer. We, start, we need more and more prayer. So we're going to do more prayer. And it says, and all the believers met together in one place. That's why we do church on Sunday. So we could all meet together in one place. So we come together in one place. And we shared everything that they have. There's this generosity. They, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And, and, and it's interesting because in, in this day and age, they actually, you'll see in the, the next scripture, it says, they worshiped together at the temple each day. And, and the practice of the Jews was what they call tithing which was a tenth of whatever. If I'm a farmer, I take a tenth of every of my crops. If I'm a, um, a shepherd, I take a, a tenth of my flocks and, and I present those to the Lord every year. A tenth of, of, of the increase of my, of my harvest, a tenth of the newborn uh, lambs or goats or cows, and we just bring it. So tithe just means one tenth. And so this was just the practice. They would just bring a tenth every time, you know, um, every year every month you know just always a tenth every time that they gather to harvest and then on top of that the bible says that they were generous and they they shared as everybody had need and so this has been kind of the practice throughout church history uh that that christians have always just given a tenth a tithe and then been really the some of the most generous groups of people uh in in america and and really around the world uh, christians have have always been at the forefront of charity and generosity. Um, and that's just because that's what's built into as part of us being 
um, the people of God. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper just means deeper communion and sharing around, remembering Jesus and what He's done. And so we'd have what we call connect groups where we meet together in homes, apartments, or Starbucks sometimes. Um, but we gather in smaller groups that would like fit in homes and, and we, it's a deeper sharing. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And that's what should mark us as, as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we encourage you, you know, so as, as a church, we, we want to share together in our teaching. If, you, if this is your home, this is your church family, then we just say, you, you just need to know the, the basics of what the Bible teaches together. We just have to come into agreement on that. We need to fellowship together, come to church on Sunday and, and get into a, a, a connect group, that deeper fellowship in a home. Um, get generous, uh, be someone who gives. Uh, as a church, I, I love that we are, uh, we are both generous and frugal. So, you know, uh, which I love because as a church, we're, we, we are, we're a giving church and we've given to other churches. We've given when there's needs around and yet we're frugal. Uh, this year has been an exciting year for us. Uh, praise God for Angela who heads up our finance <laughs> committee because it's been an exciting financial year uh, for us uh, because um, uh, the, the former finance, um, Erica, who served here for years, um, uh, some of our biggest givers did the expat thing, you know, got called back to the, to the States or back home kind of thing. And, uh, and so she was saying, well, you know, over the next year with the people leaving, we're going to lose about 55% of our giving. And for a pastor, that's like, oh, that's so exciting. You know, see God move. Um, that's a pretty big chunk. I don't know if you ever had a, a 55% cut in pay. You know, um, that's a pretty big chunk for AR, or if you have a company, if it lost 55% of your, of your sales. Um, and so we're saying, what are we going to do? You know, and, and so we kind of knew. And so we, 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 we dropped some of our, our projections of expenses, income and for this year and tried to tighten our budgets a little bit. And uh, our, our income definitely came in below what we expected. But what I love is that our expenses are still below our income. So <laughs> praise God, you know. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we, we tightened the belt. Uh, we're looking at next year and, and saying if, if income keeps going the way we're going, um, and then we have to move. So we're probably going to have to end up spending more than what we're spending here for, for rent just because we pay about a third of what the, the market is for something this size. Um, so... You know, next year, we're just going to need more of you to be generous. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Love to give. Praise, amen. You know, get, you know, talking about money is like the worst thing, right? Like, you don't want me to talk about money, right? And I don't want to talk to you about money. <laughs> but you know, it's just life, right? Some point, sometimes, you know, with, whether it's a company or a family, you just kind of got to put on your big boy pants and say, okay, Folks, time to grow up and time to just do. And we've, we've been great. And we've had some super generous people who have funded the church, like mom and dad, you know, all out. Whatever the church needs, we're just going to keep funding it. Uh, and, and now they're gone. And now it's us, you know. And so we're just saying, you know, just as if this is your, your, your home, then it's just time to say, hey, you know, really it's just in, in, in obedience to the Lord. In the end, we believe that God is our supply. And we always believe that there's sufficient supply in the people that God gathers together. And so it's kind of that, that generosity and frugality. As a, as a team, as a staff, you know, we'll work to, to be frugal, but also generous. Because as a church, that's what God calls us to do. How can we help people? How can we help the world around us if we're not generous? And how can we be like Jesus who gave his life 
for us. In the end, that's why we give. It's got to be a response to Him. We don't ever want to be in a place where you feel pressured to give. So, so this is not me pressuring you to give, but this is, a, is me being the pastor of this church and, and saying, here's, here's what it means to be a Christian and to be a church. And honestly, life is more fun when you live amongst generous people. I don't know if you've ever had been in a group of people who are just generous. Not just wealthy, because there's sometimes people who have a lot, but they're not generous. And even though they give money, it's always like a tip, or it always comes with a control, or a, you know. So yeah, you know, I'll give you all this stuff, but it always comes with a price tag attached. That's not generosity. But you can be around really poor people who are super generous. And there's just a freedom there. There's a joy. And so as a, as a community, that's what we're looking for. And so, you know, if you ever start feeling pressured by the way I'm saying things, you can always come and talk to me. But really just say, that is not, you know, you, you can always push the pressure off and just say, no, I, wa I want to come to the Lord. Lord, I want to come to you. What are you asking me to do? And I want to respond out of love. Because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So when there's joy, you give. And if there's not joy, if there's feeling pressure, then you probably just got to go back you can, and, and wait and just say, okay, God, I got to do some business with you. Come, still feeling pressured on this, obligated. Should come out of a heart of joy. So that's that. Uh, and all the while, praising God, enjoying the goodwill of the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship. So the last part of being the church of God is having a good testimony. That people, when they see us, in the ways that we live, the ways that we go to school, the ways that we work, the ways that we treat our neighbors, we bear the testimony of Christ. There's love, there's generosity, there's joy, and, and that, the kind that curries goodwill. And then there's always room for more. Every day, people are added to the fellowship. There always needs to be room for more as a church. And that's what it means to be a church. Last verse. In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And as a church, we recognize that we, we can't do this on our own. And that Jesus told His disciples after three and a half years of training them, He said, you wait until you're empowered by the Spirit. And so that's one of our, um, uh, part of our mission is that, that we want to plant churches that are Spirit-empowered. And so as a church, more and more, we just want to see um, the Spirit of God makes room in our life for the Spirit of God. Jesus said, it's actually better for you, right, if I go away, so that you have the Holy Spirit. And more and more, we just want to get used to what, what does the Bible teach about the Holy Spirit? And how does the Holy Spirit help us become the house and the body of Christ? And so as we go, you're just going to hear more and more. But today I want to just close by, by just, let's all stand. And we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to make us God's family, to make us God's house. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are, are um, in some ways, um, it's a mystery in some ways, it's just amazing that, that you would come and dwell in us individually and as a church. That we could be your temple. We could be your house. And also that we could be your body. That, that 
Christ in us. It'd be you being formed in us that would bring you glory and that would cause us to be a reflection of who you are in the world around us. And Father, our deep prayer today is that the, the Holy Spirit uh, would work in us. We, we just invite the Holy Spirit to come and to do a work in and through us to, that, that Christ would be formed in us, that we would, we would through, the, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we would more be with Christ and, and more, more become like Jesus. And that you, the Holy Spirit, as, just as He was promised, would, would remind us of what Jesus said, who He is, and what He's asked us to do. Father, we pray that, that we would truly go through that, that metamorphosis, that transformation, to becoming more like you. That, Father, we as individuals and, and as a church would be a delight to you and, and, a, and Lord, would, would be a testimony to the world around us and a blessing, Lord, a demonstration of your love to the world around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you for uh, being with us today and uh, our prayers that this week um, you would just, in, in those moments sometimes at work or at home, uh, just you, you would sense that prompting of the Holy Spirit to act in a way that is a reflection of Jesus and a demonstration of His love to a co-worker, to a friend, to a family member, and that we would be more and more unified together as the body of Christ. The Lord bless you. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.